What's up and welcome back to the DualSense podcast. This is episode 104. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined as always by your other co-host. His name this evening on Zencaster is Liberal World Order. He's also known as Travis. Travis, how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm just excited about how the liberal world order is going to take over the country, even though in November they're going to lose any power in the House, the Senate, or uh, the Supreme Court. That was a really unsettling statement to listen to it was. a politician say live on CNN talking about how they had to maintain the liberal world order. And to be fair, it would be equally disturbing if a conservative person got on TV on CNN and said, we have to maintain the conservative world order. Like, that's very <laughs> disturbing. That's like right. some Kojima shit from like Metal Gear Solid 2 where he's talking about like how this shadow government rules the world and makes all the decisions and this and that, which is still a a uh, conspiracy theory today so that's not i mean i guess it's not too far-fetched i mean depending on which or who you ask we already exist in those two worlds anyway simultaneously (laughs) that's fair that's fair well i want to tell people that you had dinner at a very sketchy place and i'm very disturbed by this because you ate dinner at a restaurant in town that the last time that we tried to go there i think you with i think it was me and you Mm-hmm. We walked in and their health rating was a 79 and it was the first time in this town that I've seen like the way they do the health ratings here is it's like there's like a box it's a square and then there's the number real big and sharpie and the box is typically green because the rating is always in the green and this time that we went it was like a 79 and it was the first time ever in our city that I saw the box be red and I've we walked out and went somewhere else and I've never been back since but you my friend, you you went there tonight. You braved it. Then, mm-hmm. in coincidentally, you shit yourself almost immediately after you got home. <laughs> uh, yeah. To be fair, when I got there, the first thing was a sign on the door that said, please use other door. So that's a good sign. <laughs> okay. When I, when I walked into the lobby, you could smell the restrooms. Another good sign. Oh, my fucking God. So it was it was great. I mean, what more could you ask for? Okay, well, all right, so let's get this on the record. If something happens to you, if you don't make it through the night, can I have your PS5 and your racing rig? You can have the racing rig, but not the PS5. What the fuck are you going to do with it, man? What do you already have one? You, you don't have to, <laughs> you know, make them fuck each other, have a PS10? <laughs> I'm going to daisy chain them and I'm going to have a PS10, yeah. Well, Travis, I, I'm doing fine. I, I'm having a typical Friday night for me, which is I've watered the garden and I've had a sandwich and I replaced a couple of light bulbs outside my house and you know, really crazy shit. And uh, maybe I'll go to home Depot. I don't know if I'll have enough time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh So now I'm sitting here, (laughs) I'm sitting here shirtless, ready to record the podcast, which is because I want everyone aroused while they're listening to us because I have an iced coffee, of course, and my shirt's off. Uh, My theory is that if people know that I'm shirtless, they'll be more aroused and they'll keep listening to the show. So, we want horny people listening to PlayStation news. I hope so. Our audience is 90% male. So, I mean, you know, it's whatever. So they're already horny. <laughs> they're already horny. Um, but this is why we can't do a podcast on video because I prefer to do the show in, in, in the half nude, mm, as yeah. it were. And I'm a never nude, so this doesn't work. Yeah, you are. That, that's so insane to me as someone who sleeps in their underwear. But um, anyway, Travis, we are a PlayStation podcast where you and I get together each and every week and we discuss news rumors new game releases and announcements and much more in the world of playstation we do it all in under 90 minutes 
We post new episodes every Monday on all of the usual podcast services around the world, as well as the YouTube, where we also share gameplay videos and clips from our escapades in game. I've recently shared some arcade again, and many people are curious about that game, so it's been caught up in the algorithm, which has been nice for our, our YouTube channel. So thank you if you've watched that and you're now finding us because of that. You can also find us on social media, of course. We are most active on the Twitter, where our handle is at the DualSense Pod. But you can also find us on Instagram, where we post uh, virtual photography from video game photo modes. And uh, also we're on Facebook, if anyone still uses that. And we also have a blog, which is the DualSensePodcast.wordpress.com. You can see our lovely pictures there if you'd like, if nothing else. But you can also listen to the episodes there if you like. And I include the uh, the show notes there as well. And without further ado, Travis, let's jump into a pretty decent week of news here. Starting with number one, the anticipation for the upcoming PlayStation exclusive title God of War Ragnarok reached a palpable fever pitch this week after many credible leakers and insiders indicated that some sort of announcement was happening on June 30th. However, the day came and went with mostly silence from developer Sony Santa Monica. The studio's creative director, Corey Barlog, stated later in the afternoon on Twitter that the game has not been delayed out of 2022, and he asked fans to remain patient. Elsewhere, well-connected insider Tom Henderson revealed that PlayStation was indeed scheduled and ready to make a release date and pre-order announcement on June 30th, but something changed at the last minute. Reporting for website Xputer, whatever that is, he reports there quite often actually, Henderson said, quote, It's understood that this announcement was still the plan until just yesterday, with Sony announcing the release date of the game in addition to the God of War Collector's Editions, end quote. It is unclear what caused this last-minute delay, but Henderson added that the PlayStation blog post and Collector's Edition video are ready to go live whenever the green light is given, although he did say that no gameplay footage was expected to be included with this announcement. In addition, Twitter account PlayStation Game Size told Henderson privately that the God of War Ragnarok store page on the back end of the PlayStation Network was updated at 3 p.m. Eastern U.S. time on June 29th, perhaps indicating a change in the game's pre-order date. Henderson added that the collector's edition of the game will feature a one-to-one scale replica of Thor's Molnir Hammer. I've no idea if I'm saying that right. And as far as he knows, God of War Ragnarok is still scheduled to release sometime in November. In addition to Henderson's reporting, Bloomberg reporter and insider Jason Schreier added that the game is still on track to release this November, according to his sources. Schreier speculated that the announcement was delayed due to the recent Roe vs. Wade decision here in the States with Sony being mostly reluctant to be anywhere near the news cycle of major world events in recent history. And finally, the game is in a great place, according to Schreier's sources, to which he said, quote, People working on it say it's huge and seem to, be, seem to be pretty excited about it. Reminds me of the buzz I was hearing before the 2018 one, end quote, meaning God of War 2018. Okay, so what do you think of God of War in the last minute delay of the announcement, etc.? The delay's weird. I just I have a hard time thinking Roe versus Wade had something to do with a video game announcement release. Like sure. It's not like the game's controversial. It's not like the game had an opinion about Roe versus Wade, um, or the game was about the Supreme Court. I, that's just a weird one to me. Yeah. That seems like a convenient coincidence to blame something on. I mean, most of these companies it's true, most of these companies do want to not be tied into world events, you know. A part of it is you don't want to get buried, mm-hmm. like, you know. We released a game and then Ukraine nuked uh, Russia. Like, that's probably not a good day to, to release your game. 
but something like this, I don't know. It just seems to me like it's not, it shouldn't matter, but whatever. Um, I really don't think that's it. I think that maybe, um, he said this game is in good shape, right? The new game mm-hmm. is in good shape. Maybe it's something to do with the, with the collector's editions. Maybe they weren't ready yet, or maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. If I buy the digital version of this game, do I get a digital one to one scale version of the hammer? Because that'd be sweet. <laughs> no, they you probably you probably can buy. We don't know yet, of course, but you probably can buy just like the collector's edition shit separately without the game. But anyway, that'd be continue. cool. So I would hope so. Um, but no, like again, it doesn't make me feel like it's delayed out of this year. The release date could be September 18th, and they could tell us about it on the 12th, and people would still buy it. So it's not like. Yeah, it's not true. like there's some sort of urgency to the to to announcing anything. As far as I'm concerned, right. this isn't a game that needs that. It already it already has the following. It already has the build up anyway. The anticipation already exists, right? We aren't creating that. So, yeah, I just again highly doubt it's about a Supreme Court judgment. Um, more likely, I think maybe the collector's edition wasn't ready, or um, who knows? I mean, it could be anything. It could have been literally they were having technical difficulties. It could have been uh, the guy that. Maybe it was supposed to produce it, didn't finish it in time, or the person who was to host it, maybe they have laryngitis. Like sometimes it's the simplest answer. It's not a freaking Supreme Court social dramatic thing. I think I think it's just like we need to calm down a little bit sometimes. But um right. yeah, I'm sure we'll hear something eventually, sooner rather than later. Sure. I I agree that I think it could be a number of things. And you know, I think you also make a really good point that really in reality, PlayStation could, like you said, PlayStation could come out at their September showcase and give us like a three, four minute gameplay trailer with the release date at the end for November. And it would still sell just as many copies, if not more. And the hype would be just so palpable at that point if they just held held out for that long. Now, people are the people on the fringe are going to be pissed off because they don't know about it yet. But if Jason Schreier and Tom Henderson, the two arguably the, mo- the two most connected people in the video game industry right now, are saying that they're hearing November, then it's coming in November. And if they're not hearing about a delay, then it's not going to be delayed. So back to the number of things that it could be that have pushed this back, I have a couple of ideas, maybe three. One is that I think that maybe they want to, I, th- I think maybe they were burned a little bit by horizon forbidden west launching like the week right before elden ring which you know everybody which took over video games and and really popular culture for like a month and i really think that they want to make sure possibly that they have a release date where they have some landing room so for instance there are some big games that are still out there that have not announced yet for instance avatar frontiers of pandora we make fun of that game a little bit, but it probably will be a big game. Hogwarts Legacy would be another big game if it actually makes it this year. I don't think that you want to necessarily go head to head with games like that because those are open world action adventure games, RPGs, whatever. Now, if it was like Call of Duty, you go like the week right after, or right before. Call of Duty's still huge, mind you, but it's not. It's an FPS and an open world action adventure game. And I don't think those compete the same. So I think potentially one of the answers is that they want to maybe wait a few more weeks and see how some of these things shake out. Because as we're going to talk about here in a little bit, there's also some reports that some of these big games are about to get dated. And maybe they have heard these things and they want to, and they're like, okay, hang on, let's wait a couple more weeks. Let's see where these games are going to come out. Now let's make sure that we get this on a date that it can breathe a little bit. So that's one theory. 
The other is that potentially maybe they realized that not showing any gameplay was a bad idea because the only other gameplay that we have seen of, of the game so far, it looked really good, but people also in a weird way kind of shit on it because it reused some animations from the 2018 game. Like the one where he like the animation of him, like getting in the canoe or whatever. And people were like, Oh my God, this is DLC. This is just fucking DLC or whatever. This is bullshit whatever. So maybe they thought better of making an announcement without showing any gameplay is another theory of mine. I think either of those are possibilities. And yeah, I also agree with you that it could have just been some last minute snafu. I mean, I I don't know, like maybe, maybe something messed up and maybe they, they didn't have the pre-orders ready to go on PlayStation store or some weird shit. And then the last really idea is that maybe they're trying to hunt down these leakers because they're getting really leaky of late. And as a matter of fact, the, the state of play from a month ago, the entire lineup leaked the day before from that one guy, the snitch. So maybe they're trying to like use some smoke and mirrors to like leak certain things, move dates around so they can try to track down this leaker. Now that's really conspiratorial, but I don't know how she would identify a leaker of that appears to be at this high of level knowing all this shit. So anyway, it could, like you said, it could be a myriad of things. I think obviously if these guys are saying the game is in a great place, et cetera, I don't think we have anything to worry about. I think we just have to relax a little bit and buckle up and it's going to come and we're going to find out more about it. And what, what difference does it make if we know on June 30th or July 30th when the game's coming out, if we already know it's coming in November? And the answer is it doesn't. Number two, Ubisoft's live service pirate action game. Your favorite, Travis Skull and Bones, will be joining what is becoming a packed November release calendar, according to Twitter user Agiornamenti, <laughs> yes, who scoured the Xbox store backend to find that the troubled game will release on, the, on November the 8th. Elsewhere, website Kotaku reported that the game is still in dire straits, great band, as the release date has slipped and shifted several times internally. Sources also told them that a closed beta test was scheduled for June but was canceled because of the poor quality of the latest build of the game. Until recently, the game was internally scheduled to launch in September before slipping to the now-planned release date of November the 8th. The game will inevitably see the light of day, sink or swim, as Kotaku reporter Ethan Gotch, or Gatch, or Gok, I don't know, claimed that the game is required to release this year due to a subsidy Ubisoft received from the Singapore government, which we've talked about on the show before. Insider Tom Henderson reported that the game is set to be re-revealed sometime this very week what do you think about your pirate game oh i love the idea that it's terrible i mean we <laughs> we've talked for months that it's gonna be terrible it kind of doesn't matter this is great that it confirmed it like if it would have been good i would have been pleasantly surprised but i think mm-hmm. like three episodes ago we really literally had the conversation of wow they just changed the whole team and we're going to start from scratch and to be this far along that fast seems impossible well it was guys it was yes. impossible so how uh, we've really never seen a closed beta be be canceled because of poor quality like ever i can't think of one i can't think of any right now which is hilarious uh-huh the fact that it has to come out this year is a beautiful thing because you know if they didn't receive that subsidy from from the taiwanese government if they didn't have to release it this year or sorry singapore or whatever mm-hmm. i don't think that we would ever see it <laughs> i think it would just disappear based off the amount of, of problems they've had with this mm-hmm. 
like like we've talked about before, this would be a great episode of Vice or like a great Netflix documentary. Just this the journey of making this game. Mm-hmm. I would love to know why Singapore was even involved. Do they have like a rich pirate history? Do they love? Do they just love Ubisoft games? Does Ubisoft have some dirt on them? Like it's just an odd thing. Like how often yeah. is a government giving subsidies for video game companies? Like that, that can't be sure that common. I assume that the U.S. gave money for those army games that came out on on Xbox. I assume, oh, like America's Army or whatever. Yeah, because those were just propaganda yeah. recruiting. You would assume they gave money to yeah. whoever for those, but no, none of this is surprising. I I'm excited to see how poor it looks. Like <laughs> I just I love the idea that it fails. If it, you know, I I don't want to buy it because I don't want to support them. But uh, sure. I I can't wait to watch other people play it because it will it will get streamed. And it could potentially be hilarious. I'm extremely morbidly curious, as we've been saying on the show. And this definitely seems like it's going to be a shit show. And my guess, or my, I guess my theory is that I bet they are, I bet the reason why we're actually going to see this game after everything that's been going on and everything you mentioned, like how short notice after switching like all this staff around and shit. My guess is that they're stripping this down to the bare bones, no pun intended, and they're going to put this out with just like the basic. It's going to be like the Battlefield 2042 scenario all over again, mm-hmm. or No Man's Sky in 2016, if you will. Like, It's just going to be the basic game. Let's get it to work. Let's try to make it not crash, etc. We know we live in this culture where we can fuck up, and then if we get stuff you know, fixed in a month or two or three, you know, people will likely come back and give us another chance. Or they can just do that and then they can just add stuff, you know, as things go. So if this does make it out this year, which it sounds like it will, because it has to, as we've talked about with the Singapore government and their Singapore stick before, I think it's going to be very vanilla is what I think. I also think that Ubisoft would be wise to make it a free to play game, but I don't think they will. I think this is going to be like a Rainbow Six Extraction $40 game with like a 60 or $70 like gold edition or whatever the fuck. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but they're, if they're about to, if they're about to re-reveal it, like what are they, what are they going to show us this week? I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll look great, but if it looks great after everything that we've been hearing about it, then I would be even, I would be like even more skeptical of it mm-hmm. because we haven't been hearing good things about it. And now all of a sudden they show us like this really like, banger ass like vertical slice trailer of it yeah exactly polished trailer like maybe they just been working on that shit for two months to make it look really good to get some free orders (laughs) so be be skeptical be skeptical as always but i can't wait to see how this goes the morbidly curious part of my brain wants them to not release it this year to see what happens like did singapore (laughs) send in their fucking you know know, the troops that made it through (laughs) vietnam and they just arrest all of ubisoft like what is that what happens (laughs) yeah well and thank you for mentioning Taiwan a minute ago so that we won't stream in China, but... Oh, my bad. No, it's, I, I don't want to stream in China. It's okay. fine. Fuck the communist. <laughs> Taiwan is a country. Um, <laughs> uh, Ubisoft, the, the amazing thing to your point is, why did Ubisoft make a deal with the Singapore government? I understand they have the studio, they have a Ubisoft Singapore studio there in the country. I understand that, but it's Ubisoft. They don't need the money. They literally got greedy because the Singapore government was like, hey, here's $10 million to make this pirate game. And they're like, oh, cool, that's $10 million we don't have to spend on this motherfucker. Like, 
And then now here they are with their pants around their ankles mm-hmm. and like they literally got greedy because Ubisoft could afford to make a multiplayer only pirate game that they spun off of the Assassin's Creed naval combat from whichever one black flag. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's just nuts, but anyway, we'll see. Number three. Insider Tom Henderson was a busy man, per usual this week, Travis, as he reported that publishers Electronic Arts and Ubisoft have several games ready to unveil this month. EA is planning to reveal Skate 4, Need for Speed, and FIFA 23 in July, with the latter two scheduled for announcements in the second half of the month. Henderson claims Need for Speed is subtitled Unbound and is scheduled to launch on November the 4th. Meanwhile, EA's final FIFA licensed annual soccer title will release on September the 30th. Skate 4 is further off and does not currently have a release date, according to his sources. On the Ubisoft front, Henderson's sources have told him that Ubisoft Massive will release open-world RPG Avatar Frontiers of Pandora on November the 18th. And then, of course, also Skull and Bones is set to be re-released, or sorry, re-revealed this week, and it has a November 8th release date. Ubisoft did announce this week also that they will be participating in Gamescom 2022, which runs from August 24th through the 28th, and is likely where we will learn more about the Avatar game. So we've got a slew of release dates incoming and and reveals. What do you think of any of this? That's crazy that EA has that much stuff coming out in the fall. Like it's that's pretty incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, FIFA is just an annual thing at this point, but still, yeah. I mean, I have a I'm I'm curious about FIFA this year. I wonder if they're going to mail it in just because it's the last, you know, the last FIFA mm-hmm. per se. Um, who knows at this point with them? Uh, right. I'm always I'm always interested in Need for Speed, but I never buy them. Like, I'm always like, oh, this looks interesting, and then that's the end. I haven't played one since like Hot Pursuit. I think. I mean, right. it's been forever. I'm I'm doubt this one will pull me in either. Uh, Skate Four is interesting. I I don't know if I'll play it, but like. A lot of people like Skate 4, and some people that I work with are actually like, dude, Skate 4 is supposed to have like a thing come in the next couple of weeks to like kind of reveal what it looks like and show it off a little bit. And it's just funny to me that there's people I know that are excited about Skate 4. <laughs> but that's cool. Good for them. I mean, like we've talked about before, I, I genuinely hate the whole Avatar thing. Sure. I know it's the greatest selling movie of all time, but if you uh, scale things out, you know, if you scale the numbers out with inflation, it still is behind Titanic, so suck it. I just, I mean, no, whatever. I mean, I'm not interested in watching blue people do anything except for maybe the Smurfs. Mm. But no. I watch mean, them do each other, right? Yeah, it's just not really my thing. Isn't that bitch that she did on Will Smith in that movie? <laughs> uh, but no, it's cool. It's just the fact that EA has all this stuff coming out, I think is is interesting. You know, we also, this is the last soccer game we'll get before NCAA football, which is exciting. That's right. And I've, I've read, I was on the subreddit the other day after F1 came out this week and people were like, if you're excited about NSA football, just look at what EA did with uh, F1 this year. And it's like, well, you could really say that about almost any developer who's released a game, a big developer who's released a game in the last right. 12 months. Like it's fucked up. Like in some way it's fucked up. Um, the, the smaller games seem to be coming out more polished probably because that's all they have to work on and they have nothing else to focus on. And also, there's less people in these companies for smaller games, so the vision is so much tighter. Uh, when you have when you start bringing in boards and this, that, and the other, like games can kind of get a little wishy washy about what they really could be identity wise. But anyway, yeah. So good for EA, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of heat 
coming. A lot of big titles anyway. Not necessarily for me, other than FIFA 23. I am excited about that. And uh, September, I mean, I think it normally releases in September, so that's not really any like shocker, but we just got some confirmation of it. I am interested to see, like you said, what it looks like and if they just kind of, you know, put the training wheels on or put it in cruise control this year and just try to get to the next year when they have, you know, change it to when they drop FIFA and change it to EA Sports FC. So that'll be interesting to see if, if that's the way that goes. But I don't think they're that they're going to be able to do that because I think they've got some competitors nipping at their heels that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I think they're going to have to kind of put their foot down a little bit on the gas and and, and kind of ramp things up and you know just at least keep pace. Need for Speed. I'm actually you know if you remember a few months ago now we talked about the rumors of what that game is, how it's like this stylized kind of like anime looking graphic style a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the more I've thought about it, like maybe I'm into that. I don't know, like because to your point, Need for Speed has really gotten stale for me. Like I don't know the last time that I played a Need for Speed game and enjoyed it. So maybe they need to do something a little bit different like that and and see where that goes. And so I'll, I'm not saying I'm going to buy it, but I'm intrigued by it. That's fair. I had forgotten about that. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think it needs something different. Um, Escape 4, that's not for me, but I know that's a big one. People, like you said, are really excited about that. And then uh, the Avatar game, The again, the only thing that makes me slightly curious about that is that the Division studio is making that, Ubisoft Massive. Otherwise, Avatar is a massive fart noise for me. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Ubisoft Massive Fart Noise. And Great studio name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's That would be the studio that makes the South Park games. It should be anyway. <laughs> which we'll also talk about later. But the other, Ubisoft has a lot really to show. I mean, they're going to show us Skull and Bones this week, whatever, that's fine. But they have a lot of other stuff to show us. Um, you know, The Division, all kinds of stuff. So I think they're, they've got a, a big slew of announcements beyond just Avatar that are coming. And then EA, I still wonder, if you remember, we talked about how in EA's financial earnings, they said that they have an unannounced sports title coming out sometime between January and March. Mm-hmm. And I still wonder what that is. My theory is still that it's NBA something, huh. but I guess it could be a UFC game. I don't know. Yeah, we know that we know a UFC game is coming out before a fight night game. So it's either it's either UFC or NBA. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would make more sense to be NBA because it's in the middle of the NBA season, mm-hmm. you know, like right before the All-Star break. So, but I don't know. They may have just totally abandoned that altogether. Yeah, if it's a U- if it gets me closer to fight night, I'm okay with it being a UFC game. Agreed. Agreed. Number four, PlayStation Studio Sucker Punch Productions posted a blog post this week to clarify rumors that they are working to revive old franchises such as Sly Cooper and Infamous. As the studio approaches its 25-year anniversary, They wanted to set the record straight with fans, writing, quote, As our games continue to grow in scale and complexity, they require the full attention of our studio. With our focus on our current project, we have no plans to revisit Infamous or Sly Cooper right now, and no other studio is currently working on projects related to those franchises either. These characters are very special and near and dear to our hearts, so while we'd never say never to reopening those doors down the road, for now there are no Infamous or Sly Cooper games in development, end quote. While we don't know officially what Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch Productions excuse me, is working on, there is strong evidence from job postings and the like that their current project is none other than Ghost of Tsushima 2, and it would only make sense as the original game was a smash hit success, 
both critically and commercially for the studio. Okay, so they put the rumors to bed that they're not making Sly Cooper or Infamous. There was actually rumors that PlayStation Studio Pixel Opus, the Concrete Genie guys, were making a Sly Cooper game, but apparently that's not true. So what do you think that about them uh, focusing on Ghost of Tsushima 2? Yeah, well, like, first of all, fuck those games. Give me Ghost of Tsushima 2. Um, <laughs> but no, like, in, in all seriousness, though, those two franchises are, are pretty well-renowned. Like, they're famous enough um, <laughs> yeah. to, to be known by people who don't even really play games. Like, people have seen the infamous logo. People are familiar with Sly Cooper. The, even if they don't realize it's Sly Cooper, they, they know what the cartoon is. And when you tell them what it is, like, oh, yeah, that's what it's called, right? It's kind of one of those things. So yeah, it's kind of the way I feel about Crash Bandicoot with those games. Like, if you're going to bring them back, it needs to be really good. And you need to have your full attention on it. So if they're working on another project, to me, it makes more sense to do the other project first, if you're, you're going to go back to that. So the kind of the way I look at it is, you know, if you hammer out Ghost of Tsushima 2 and it's, and it's awesome, like the first one, if it's good, like the first one, then you kind of have some runway where you can maybe revisit some of these older things. It kind of gives you that, what you want to call it, that cushion, I guess, because you'll have so much goodwill kind of built up that you can throw, throw a Sly Cooper out. And even if it's mediocre, you know, it, it was, it's kind of time that you took a break from this, this IP you've been working on for the last two releases. You've had the two major releases you've had. That's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, you kind of have to strike while the iron's hot. Like there's no reason to make a Ghost of Tsushima 2 in the decade. Like make it now while it's hot, while it's a thing, while they're talking about making a movie, et cetera. Like go ahead and knock all that out. Yeah, 100%. That's spot on, nail on the head. They have to get this game out somewhat in sync with the movie. I think that's one of the biggest things you can't, like you said, you can't, have the game in 2020 have the movie three or four years later and have the next game three or four years after that like that's just not smart it's not good marketing i'm glad that they're focusing on ghost of sushima too personally sly cooper and infamous are not for me and they never really clicked with me the other thing too i wonder is if sony meaning playstation is becoming a little bit self-aware in terms of they understand that we have all of these third-person action-adventure games. Do we really need to go back and make another infamous game? Because we already have... I mean, that's everything. <laughs> that's the majority of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, The Last of Us, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, etc. Yeah, why make a game that's not as good of a third-person action game? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know if that's a well-needing to go back to yet i know people are clamoring for it but i don't necessarily know that it's needed they'll still be clamoring for it in 10 years in five years like it'll be there yeah and then sly cooper along the same lines like we i don't i don't know that there's room maybe there is but maybe i'm wrong but i don't know that there's room for ratchet and clank which presumably will live on if i don't know that there's room for astrobot presumably which will live on in some form or fashion like do we you know, do we need all this stuff? Do we need Ratchet? Do we need Sly Cooper? Do we need Astro? I, my personal opinion is that PlayStation is a more mature system. Now, do kids play on PlayStation? Absolutely. But my guess is that the demographic, demographic primarily for PlayStation is men age 25 to 40. And so I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I guess those I guess those people in that demographic are having kids, though. So maybe maybe you can make that argument. Maybe Sly Cooper is necessary, but I don't really know. I don't know that that's as big as as big of a deal, as big of an IP to to go back to. Maybe maybe that's just personal bias because it's not for me. But anyway, glad that they're focusing on focusing on Ghost of Tsushima, too, which I think will be huge. And I 
think will be out in 2024. Number five, Sony revealed their quote-unquote end zone line of gaming monitors and headsets this week, targeted at both PC and PS5 players alike. As previously leaked, two monitors were announced, the M9, which costs $900 and is a 27-inch 4K IPS monitor with 144Hz refresh rate and auto HDR tone mapping, and the MM3, which cost, or maybe that should just be M3, I think it is, and the M3, which costs $530 and is also a 27-inch monitor that only supports 1080p, but bumps the refresh rate up to 240Hz. On the audio front, three new headsets were announced, which were also previously leaked. The H3, which is a wired headset for $100. The H7 wireless headset with up to 40 hours of battery life for $230. And the H9 wireless headset at the top end, which throws in active noise cancellation for $300. Hmm. So what do you think about these high-end accessories? As we So when are these live? When can I buy these? All are available to pre-order now. Pre-order. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So I think this, I feel the like headsets this. come out July 7th. I'm sorry. Oh, come out July 7th. All right. You know, I, part of me feels like this is our uh, fall hardware release thing. Like these are going to be hot during Christmas. Mm. Maybe releasing them now kind of gets them ahead of maybe the supply chain issues they might see towards the end of the year. Mm. $300 for a headset is a lot for me. Agreed. Yeah. 230 is a lot for me, but I'll probably end up with it. Oh. Not not getting the wired one. If I end up with it, I mean, I'm going to ask for it for Christmas, and that's all I'll get. Like, I'm <laughs> right. not going to fucking buy it. Right, right. But somebody will buy it. Um, As far as the TVs go, like, that's a lot of money for me to spend. I know, I know they're awesome. Like, all of those numbers, the refresh rates, the auto HDR, tone mapping sounds dope. Like, I love that. But it's 27 inches, and that's not going to work for what I'm doing. Hmm. For as far away as I sit on the couch, also on the rig, like I need, like I'm racing on a rig, like I technically need two other screens. I really should have a try try monitor set up. So I'm yeah. not buying three of these for that for sure. It's just it's hard for me to justify paying that much money for 27 inches. Like oh. I've, I've went I've, I've went too big. I can't really go back. And I feel like oh. I can get a TV, I, I could get a TV at a decent price point that gets me 80 or 90 percent of the way there and. For me, it's just like I'll, I would rather pay the same amount of money for a bigger TV that gets me most of the way there. I can live with that. Like, it's not going to kill my gaming experience at this point. Sure. I just feel like it would really be hard to go from my 55 inch TV to a 27 inch monitor. Although mm-hmm. the monitor does look very cool, it has great features. And you can argue that's a pretty good price point for a computer monitor that does all yeah, the fair. stuff that it does. And it has variable refresh rate. I don't know. Yeah, I mentioned that. Or no, I didn't mention that. But they have variable refresh rate, both monitors. So it's it's a good value, I think. But I feel like it's more if you have kind of more confined space. You know, if you just literally have a desk in like a corner of a, of a spare bedroom or something like that. Like, yeah I, yeah, I totally get that. And if I played at a desk, if I streamed, you know, like and all that, that type different. of shit. Absolutely. Yeah. If I was like sitting at my desk streaming games, whatever, absolutely. I would get this, I would get this hundred percent. Um, on the headset front, <laughs> I'm like you. I know I talked to some game last week about how I was gonna buy the headset, but that was before I knew it was three hundred dollars. I thought the high end would be two hundred uh dollars, honestly. I thought it was gonna be like a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred. I was and I was gonna maybe do that, but gosh damn, three hundred dollars, that's 
that's pretty steep for a headset. Um, mm-hmm. It does look awesome. The reviews on it are very good. The reviews on it say that the sound quality is very good. The microphone is a little bit lacking, but that seems like every headset. I'm kind of like you. I think I might wait for like a sale or ask for like some gift cards or something for birthday mm-hmm. or whatever, and, and maybe go from there. It's just hard. I mean, the PlayStation 5 costs 400 bucks. You know, I'm going to pay that for a headset. Yeah. I mean, the and PSVR 2 is probably going to be 400 bucks. So it's just hard to potentially take money out of that pot, if you will, and buy a headset. So we'll see. Number six, PlayStation officially announced the leaked PlayStation Plus Essential Tier games for the month of July. This month, players can enjoy choice-based horror game, horror game, The Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Madon, on PlayStation 4 from Until Dawn and the Quarry developer Supermassive Games. Both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 players get action platformer Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, from developer Toys for Bob. And finally, PS4 and PS5 users can also get third-person PvE and PvP looter shooter Arcadegeddon from developer Ilphonic as well. What do you think about the lineup, which we spoke about last week, but it's been confirmed? Yeah, Ilphonic sounds like a, like a weird DJ or like a producer for a rapper. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, we talk, you know, we both really enjoyed Arcade again. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I've been back on it. Yeah, I think we talked about it before. Like, the artwork is fun, too. Like, and I like the way the things explode. Like, the gunplay feels great. Like, it's a, it's a really awesome game to basically be free. So, that's awesome. The Dark Pictures Anthology, there's people that actually really enjoy that game. Um, and it's got a nice little, you know, um, super massive made it. Like, you know it has good pedigree. Um, and people really enjoy that. Of course, Crash Bandicoot is Crash Bandicoot. So, you're getting what you're getting there. Uh, people don't talk about enough how difficult that game is, just in general. Yeah. It is a difficult game at some points, uh, but people don't ever talk about that. They always think it's like a little kiddie game, like you're playing Mario Kart or something. It's like, no, there's some legitimate platform. There's legit, legitimately some of the platforms, literally and figuratively, that you're on are just difficult to beat. That's, that's a good game if you want to get pissed off, I think. <laughs> but no, like definitely, if you're going to try one of those, try Arcade again, for sure. Yeah, it's you have to play it. Everybody should try it. It's a fantastic game, and uh, I've been playing it a little bit this week, kind of getting back into it. I I recorded a couple of uh, well, one YouTube video a couple weeks ago. If you're curious, and I recorded one last night, which is uploaded now. It's on our YouTube channel. That game's fantastic, and they've really updated it, and they've added new weapons and new uh, biomes, they call it, or new boards, if you will. It's uh, I always forget to play in like streamer mode, so every video I put up gets a copyright strike on it, which that's great. The music soundtrack. Speaking of, you mentioned Ilphonic sounding like a rap producer or whatever. That's be- that's because the soundtrack for Arcade Arcadia is a banger. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. It's like electronic, like house, like club music and shit. It's it's wild and how Nordic of you to like that. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do love it. But it's a great game. I really recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. And if I remember correctly, when we did our like top five games of the last year, I think I think that was on my top five. Arcade getting along with uh, like Chivalry Two and shit. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm just saying, Man of Man of Madon or Man of Madan, however you say it, Man of Madon. Probably I I won't probably bother with that. I'll I'll claim it just in case I change my mind. But and then Crash Bandicoot, I'll I'll claim it, but. Crash isn't really my thing. It was growing up on PS1, but not uh, not really since then. Mm-hmm. Good month, though, overall. 
Number seven, Travis, we also have a bunch of news nuggets as well. Not nearly as many as last week, but we've got some good stuff in here, so feel free to jump in here with me. First nugget, website Video Games Chronicle reported that first details of the production crew working on Sony's upcoming Horizon television series for Netflix have been revealed. The staff for Horizon 2074, as it's called, includes veterans from shows like Amazon Hits, The Expanse, and The Boys. Everything is the, but that's some good pedigree there. Two good shows. Also, new reports claim that an external Romania-based quality assurance studio <laughs> called Quantic Lab is to Can't blame for the technical failings of Cyberpunk 2077 at launch, saying that the QA team lied to developer CD Projekt Red on the state of the game. However, YouTuber SkillUp contradicted this reporting, saying that according to his sources at CD Projekt Red, this was absolutely false, and that CD Projekt Red knew exactly what sort of state the game was in prior to launch. Quantic Lab has also denied the reports as well. How could you not know? Like, even if you send this out to a QA team to play your game to check the quality, like you still should do it yourself in house also and see if it matches. Correct. There's no way that you should not know that. Correct. Also, don't trust anything from Romania unless they're a gypsy. Gypsies are the only thing I would trust from Romania. They could have been vampires, and that was the problem. They can only work at night, and they couldn't see what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> also, early development footage of Skate 4 was shown this week, and playtest signups for the game also opened up ahead of a official reveal, I guess. The heavily criticized remake of 2003 first-person shooter 13 will receive a major update later this year, according to publisher Microids. Playmagic, the original developer of the remake, which launched in 2020, has been fired, and French developer Tower 5 has been brought on to overhaul the game for a quote-unquote remake of the remake, which will release as a free update to the game later this year. Wow. That's, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that. They've fired the developer of the remake to come in and remake the remake. It's weird. Return to Monkey Island developer Ron Gilbert said this week that he will no longer post updates about the game online. After receiving numerous personal attacks regarding the project, we got to see the first non-marketing images of the PlayStation VR 2 headset and controllers this week after Austin, Texas-based indie developer BitPlanet Games shared an image on social media. The studio said that they were not breaking NDA by releasing the photo. I don't believe that, but... Just like we weren't on Hell Let Loose? <laughs> Just like we didn't, I didn't break the NDA on Hell Let Loose by streaming the damn beta a year ago. You're welcome. Sorry about that, um, Prime Matter, or whoever the fuck made that game. They didn't get mad at me. They didn't strike us, so they were cool with it. All right, next nugget. Blizzard has acquired Proletariat, the developer of free-to-play game Spellbreak, to work on World, World of Warcraft. Consequently, Spellbreak will shut down its servers and close shop in early 2023. R.I.P. Website GamesIndustry.biz reported that Tencent Studio 1C Entertainment has rebranded as Fulcrum Games. Website PushSquare reported that eFootball has claimed exclusive rights to football club Inter Milan starting in the 2024-25 season, Travis. So this is what I was alluding to earlier that some of these other football games are maybe coming at mm -hmm. uh, EA. The Messenger developer Sabotage Studio has delayed their next game, Sea of Stars, to sometime in 2023. They must be seeing stars. Okay. <laughs> the Sims 4 is getting its next expansion called The High School Years on July 28th for PlayStation 4. What did I say? Did I say PlayStation 4? Fuck, like I didn't. Uh, yeah. I think I'm having a stroke. 
2K Sports has begun teasing NBA 2K23, hinting that the games cover athletes and first look at gameplay are coming soon, likely within the next couple of weeks. It's Devin, it's Devin Booker. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, did they already release that or announce it? I saw it today. I don't know if it's announced, but I saw a cover art. Oh, cool. Okay, so Devin Booker, he just got paid. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Wet like a book. Yeah, they normally release that or whatever, announce it, start to ramp up the marketing in mid-July. So. That's coming soon. PlayStation Plus subscribers can claim a new Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone combat pack if you're interested. Only bought by guys named Devin. <laughs> WWE 2K22's newest DLC includes Mr. T, Ronda Rousey, Doink, and the British Bulldog. What's a Doink? Okay. I don't know. He's a wrestler. <laughs> He's a wrestler. Oh, oh. I have to tell you. Oh, okay. I think we can leave this in the podcast. I don't think we have to cut it. I know how the WWE okay. works. Oh, okay. So the only people who know what is going to happen is Vince McMahon and like two or three people that actually write the episode. And they, even the wrestlers don't necessarily know. What happens is they have a whole script of a fight that could go either way. And it's completely scripted out. And based off of how the crowd reacts to the wrestlers, at some point in the fight, they radio down to... um the official in an earpiece and say so-and-so has to win that guy will make a move and let the wrestlers know and then they know from that point there's a script of movements they play out so if you ever watch no yeah if you ever watch wrestling and you see like a guy's being held and, you, and it looks like they're doing a three count but the referee's down there he's probably telling them who's supposed to win <laughs> wow that's crazy i mean that's kind of cool though i mean that's an interesting interesting concept yeah we'll leave that in but uh spoiler alert you don't want wrestling to be ruined for you somehow. That's possible. Next nugget, Destruction All-Stars received its new game mode called Jump Shot this week. Tried to play it again this week. Still couldn't get into a game. So whatever. Sounds like a cool mode. <laughs> it's so cool we can't even play it. Creature Taming RPG Monster Sanctuary got a massive update this week, which added 10 new monsters, new skills, new items, and new game modes. Free-to-play hero shooter Overwatch 2 will support 120 frames per second on PS5 as well as variable refresh rate when it launches. Asymmetrical multiplayer horror game Dead by Daylight is getting a progression system overhaul in early July. Fall Guys hit 20 million players just 48 hours after its free-to-play release last week. It's amazing. The first Stranger of Paradise DLC called Trials of the Dragon King will release on July uh, 20th. Excuse me. Sci-fi narrative card-based battling RPG, I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. Okay. Will come to PS4 and PS5 on August 25th. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Persona 5 Royal will have all 25 previously released DLC packs when it comes to PlayStation 5 later this year. A Sniper Elite 5 update has added a free multiplayer map and fixed several mission-breaking bugs. Did you ever get that or not yet? No, not yet. No. Oh, wait, it'll be on sale. Gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> I just realized I made a typo in this now. <laughs> Insider Nick Baker, or <laughs> Bick Baker as I typed, <laughs> has claimed that Electronic Arts is working on a new Marvel game of some sorts. Can you believe that Bick Baker had that scoop on Electronic Arts working on a Marvel game? It's pretty funny. It, in your defense, the uh, B is right by the N on American uh-huh. keyboards, but it's funny. It's just funny in general. Bick, Bick is a great name anyway. It is. I'm going to name my child that if I have one. All right. 
former PlayStation executive and Sony Computer Entertainment America founding member Bernie Stowar, Stowar, no idea, has passed away at age 75. Stowar also spent time as president of Sega of America after leaving Sony. Mm-hmm. He um got burned on a funeral pyre on, on Lake Havasu. <laughs> okay. Like a Viking. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, that is a Nordic name. But he likes fucking EDM music. So did Avicii. He killed himself. I took a pill and I beezed. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. DayZ, Neverwinter, MLB The Show 22, Diablo 2 Resurrected, Ghostwire Tokyo, which is not a performance update, don't even try it, Paladins, Evil Dead The Game, Marvel's Avengers, Predator Hunting Grounds, FIFA or FIFA 22, WWE 2K22, Dead by Daylight, Sniper Elite 5, Fall Guys, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, Swanson, Samsonite, and Ark Survival Evolved. So if you're looking for some new content or some fixes, check those out. But like I said, Dead by Daylight, or I'm sorry, Ghostwire Tokyo did not receive a performance update on PS5 anyway, so don't bother. I killed myself in a beeza. R.I.P. Next nugget. Ghost Runner Complete Edition is out now on PS4 and PS5, and of course includes all of the game's DLC. Otherwise, it wouldn't be complete, would it? Amazon's Fallout television series has hired Kyle McLaughlin, Sarah's brother, of Twin Peaks fame to lead the cast. Walton Goggins has previously Ooh. been announced for the cast as well. I do like a Walton Goggins. Yeah, this is getting interesting here. Yeah. Kyle, McLa- like Kyle McLaughlin fucking hates stray animals. <laughs> <laughs> he murders stray animals in his spare time on the weekends. <laughs> oh, we might get canceled for that one. All right. Publisher Sega or Sega or Sega revealed that it is looking into bringing several Atlas games into live action TV shows and movies with talk- talks ongoing with multiple studios regarding potential projects. So they're the team behind like the Persona games, I believe, and some others. According to an updated page on the game's official website, Fire Sprite Studios Horizon Call of the Mountain VR game will see players, quote, embark on a journey with multiple paths to take where you'll have to look all around you to uncover the secrets of the mountains, end quote. Perhaps hinting that the title is an, is an on-rails experience of some sort, or at least partially, as we discussed with Brian from For the Players a couple weeks ago on the show. That is very concerning to me, and people wanted to argue with me on Twitter about this earlier, but... There's nothing out there that suggests that this game is not on rails or a guided quote unquote experience at at some point or for parts of the game, because we've seen them ride a boat. We've seen them climb a cliff. We've seen them fight enemies, which seem to be like one-on-one fights. Whereas in the the game proper, like Forbidden West and et cetera, you know, it's an open world. You're fighting multiple machines at one time, uh, a lot of the time. So I think if you go back and watch that, I'm not saying maybe the whole game is that way. Maybe it does open up at some points, but it it's certainly starting to look and sound like the more you think about it, that it's some type of like guided experience at the very least. Next nugget. Tells from the Borderlands has been rated for the PlayStation 5 by the ESRB, meaning that the game will get a native PS5 version very soon. Square Enix's third-person action RPG Valkyrie Elysium, or Valkyrie Elysium, if you will, has also been rated by the ESRB meaning that a release is just a few months away. I actually think we talked about this on the show last week, but whatever. Star Wars Boba Fett actor Tamura Morrison 
teased that a new Star Wars game is in development in an interview with the website Gaming Bible. Sony Interactive Entertainment officially announced that they have partnered with Toby as the eye-tracking technology provider of the PlayStation VR 2, which has previously been rumored. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to announce this late in the game, I feel like. But whatever. Website Gamatsu reported that Tencent-owned developer Lightspeed Studios, the communist, announced Wuxia, Wuxia, Wuxia-style open-world action game code to Jin Yong. What is Wuxia-style? I have no idea. It's a communist-style game. That's all I know. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds what? Pretty cool. By the way, did I send you the math on um, how much money every person would have in the world if they split the money evenly? Yeah, like $11,000, $10,000. Anyway, anyway, let's all be communists. Okay. Also, Konami announced Super Bomberman R2, R2-D2, for both PS4 and PS5. It will launch sometime in 2023. Developer Millennium Kitchen will release Shin-chan, Me and the Professor on Summer Vacation, The Endless Seven-Day Journey. On PS4 worldwide, sometime in August. That Sounds is like, a, uh-huh. any vacation with your wife's family. <laughs> that, or that's a Japanese porno. Oh, that sounds like it. Have you? Can you imagine what a millennial kitchen would be like? Just a bunch of takeout. <laughs> yeah, it's your that's kitchen. My, that's my kitchen. <laughs> uh, also, Rocket Panda Games has acquired the Phantom Break IP from Mages which includes the 2D fighting game series and side-scrolling beat-em-up spinoff Phantom Breaker Battlegrounds. Capcom announced a Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection for PS4. It will launch sometime in 2023. RPG Time, The Legend of Right, will come to PS4 on August 18th. Is that the name, or were you excited about it being an RPG? (laughs) No, that's the name. It's got the exclamation point and everything. Publisher Bandai Namco announced action platformer Pac-Man World Repack for PS4 and PS5. The remake of the 1999 PS1 title will launch on August the 26th. Life simulation game at Disney Dreamlight Valley will launch in early access on PS4 and PS5 on September the 6th. Early access will cost you in the form of a Founders Pack, but the game will be free to play when it launches in 2023. That's pretty cool, like... So apparently you get to build a theme park, but you can traffic children out of it. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, when you die, you can freeze your head. Just yeah. like Walt. Yeah. Also, kids can go there and get eaten by alligators when their parents don't pay attention to them. <laughs> yes. What a, what a place. Also, they're going to make a fucking killing on this game. I yeah. mean, it's, we're talking about like Minecraft, like Fortnite, in my opinion, type big eventually. Like, it's going to murder. It's going to murder. Also, Life Simulation Game, another one, Doraemon Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom, was announced for PS5 and will be releasing later this year. Mm-hmm. Square Enix also announced that JRPG Star Ocean The Divine Force will launch on PS4 and PS5, or PS4 and PS4 as I typed here, worldwide on October <laughs> the 27th. Sega is back again, and they announced that Fantasy Star Online 2 and Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis will come to PS4 on August 31st in the West. Publisher Bandai Namco and developer ILCA of Pokemon Remake fame announced that the or announced the establishment, excuse me, of a new studio in Tokyo, Japan called Bandai Namco Aces to develop games for the Ace Combat series, which ILCA is currently leading development on. Spike Chunsoft will release <laughs> Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp for PS4 on July 21st in North America and Europe. 
Arcade management sim Arcade Paradise will launch on PS4 and PS5 on August 11th. Publisher Double Eleven, the team behind Prison Architect, will bring the massive PC hit oh. space colony simulator RimWorld to PS4 on July 29th. I might be in on that. That sounds dope. I've already pre-ordered. I'll send you a video. It's Ooh. like Prison Architect in and like, space. And like mm-hmm. Cityscapes too? Like combined? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's fun. Already pre-ordered. And it's got like a 96% overwhelmingly positive Damn. review thing on Steam. It's like one of the best games on Steam, according to reviews. And finally, Travis, publisher Atari and developer Digital Eclipse announced Atari 50, the anniversary collection for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. It will launch sometime this winter with over 90 games from the classic system. And that is all for the news this week. I'm going to turn it over to you now for a big, gigantic, girthy, meaty list of new game releases. Take it away. Okay, on the 28th, we have Disgaea 6 Complete. (laughs) Um, We also have DNF Duel, which is most of my um, sexual encounters. (laughs) Um, We have Escape Academy. We have Phobia, Saint... That's most of my sexual encounters. Escape Academy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also have Phobia, Saint Dinfina Hotel, Ice Cream Surfer, mm. Indigo 7, Quest for Love, Little Noah, Scion of Paradise, uh, Motocross versus ATV Legends, Night Detective, Decrepit Manor. That sounds like a level on Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Outriders, World Slayer. Or is it World's Lair? No, it's World's Lair. You're right. World's Lair. Tour de France 2022. I'm not going to call it France. Tour de France. Dragon Blaze on the 29th. Hillbilly Doomsday. Pocky Pocky 2 on a roll. Soul Divides Sword of Darkness. Strikers 1945. Taco Tom 2. The Basketball Bee. Mm. The Legend of Bumbo. <laughs> On the Bumbo, 30th, we have... Bumbo Italiano. We also have Arcade Archives, Thunder Scepter, Black Wolf, Ooh. Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, Hourglass, Lumberjack's Dynasty, or as the British say, Dynasty, My Universe, Green Adventure, Farmer Friends. also have <laughs> of Birdcage, Outriders, World Slayer came out again. Oh, fuck, I thought I took that off. Mm, sorry about that. I don't know what day it came out, truthfully. Rabbids Party of Legends. The Galactic Junkers. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger down here. <laughs> Almost My Floor, which is every time I've been drunk and where I was sleeping. Uh, coffee Break, Head to Head. D-Land Pocket Planet. Dyland, 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 Dyland. Oh, is it about India? <laughs> we also had F122. Oh. Instant Sports All Stars, which sounds like you mix water into a sport and it just happens. <laughs> Paradise. Sorry, Parasite Pack. Uh, squad Killer. And finally, the Jumping Sandwich. <laughs> okay. That's a hell of a long list of releases this week. Wow, a lot of stuff. I guess places were trying to get games out before the fiscal year ended, maybe potentially, mm-hmm. just trying to get these out. But. Um, there's some good stuff in there too. Uh, let's see here. F1 2022, of course, is a really big one. I would say that and the Cuphead DLC mm-hmm. is the are the two biggest uh, things here this week. But you've also got the the Outriders DLC, which people are excited about. I think. What else here? 
The Legend of Bumbo is a prequel to The Binding of Isaac, which is like a really, I guess, cult hit indie game. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So a big week here in terms of number and then some good stuff in there too. But anyway, Travis, let's begin to wrap the show up here as we always do by discussing what we've been playing and what we're looking forward to. So what's on your mind here? What do you got? Uh, yeah, we played some um, Battlefield like normal. Nothing crazy to report there. I um, did. I did get ran over by a car that I didn't see coming. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. That's some nice snipers. I've been using the um, was like the SW10 and I've been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. And I'll unlock that that single shot rifle that I can't remember what it's called now, but I really enjoy that one too. Got some nice pistol kills too. I, I switched back and forth between the Magnum and like the G35. I just kind of depends on what kind of mood I'm in. The Magnum is like a two shot kill, but the G35 has so many rounds in it. You can just rip it on people. If you're oh, close yeah. to them, you can just go, go ham and it's, it's awesome. But, um, been doing that. I've been using the, um, the sensor mine to get assist because it's just an easy way to, it's a really easy way to like help the team even when you're playing bad. You can just roll it out there. It spots people, people see, you know what I mean? It just it's an easy way to be effective when you're playing like shit. So I really like it. Um especially on breakthrough. Yeah. I enjoy breakthrough and conquest. It kind of just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. It just kind of really it really kind of depends. Like playing breakthrough makes me use different guns. When I play on conquest, I pretty much get locked in to something depending on where i end up you know if yeah. i end up you know if i end up on um where was the i forget what the map's called now was it called exposure or something? Exposure. exposure yeah yeah so like if i'm down by the ease i pretty much will snipe because you can kind of snipe people around you and up on up on the cliffs yeah you know if you're anywhere inside of the mountains going with some sort of assault rifle and in up top i kind of just play it by ear based on like if i'm attacking or defending or whatever so yeah. But anyway, it's been fun. I also played John Wick Hex. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? You know, I had pretty low expectations, and I didn't... There's there's two modes. You can play one where you have to make a decision every seven seconds, which is really difficult. Oh, um, I, I played the, that. Yeah, and I played the normal mode, and it's like a five- or six-hour game. Like It's not like it's super long. I played it for maybe an hour, hour and a half. My favorite part is after you finish the level, you can watch the replay, and it, yeah. and it feels like the movie. Yeah, that is cool, yeah. So I enjoyed that, and, you know, I'm not great at it. Because, you know, the first levels are really easy. Um, You know, being able to, like, you know, it tells you your enemy, it'll pop up, and you have a kind of, like, a timeline you have to fill in with action moves. And, you know, it shows your enemy, like, it'll say 0.5, which means you have, like, 0.5 seconds to, like, do something to them or whatever. Um, You know, so, like, do you reload? Do you refocus? Do you throw your weapon? Do you punch them? Do you stun them? But you might have a guy to your left, you have point one on, so it's like, okay, so your next move is to shoot them. All right, well, that's one and a half seconds. That means the other person will see you for a second, so you kind of have to like, all right, well, if I stun this guy, that works for half a second. It gives me point one on this guy. The stun stuns him for two seconds. So you stun the guy, shoot that guy, then turn around and knock that guy out, and then by that point, you know what I mean? It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Then when you watch the video, it looks so fluid. If you if you play the mission or the map well, it'll look really really fluid, which is cool. Uh, but I enjoy that. I played a game I really like that I played, which you which is interesting. I don't think you, you aren't really actually playing, but it's called uh, Through the Darkest of Times, a historical 
a resistance strategy game. So basically you are the resistance in Nazi Germany and you start when Hitler, the day Hitler got elected, you start this is on in PlayStation? Yeah, it's, it's free um, on the top tier. Oh. And you, you make your character when you start. So first of all, you, I just was hitting random. And like the first six characters that popped up, it said they were communist. Okay, I'm not fucking being a communist, all right? It was like, <laughs> can I just be... Can I just be a white Christian male? Anyway, um, so I made my character. <laughs> oh, the funny thing so, is you're only two of those three things. So, yeah, I know. Wow. It depends what day. Sometimes I'm not male. So I... <laughs> anyway, I made my character. And, like, you have a map of Berlin. And each chapter uh, gives you a different time period. And you kind of work through things. So, like, I'm on, like, chapter... I forget what chapter I'm on. But I was just on the Hindenburg meeting some people. And you have a crew of people and they have different skills. Um, some are good at spying. Some are good at uh, being persuasive. Some are good at uh, getting money or whatever. And you have different areas on the map. And you can, you can go talk to workers. You try to recruit supporters, try to recruit money. Your main core, right? You'll have like an X amount of a main core, your inner circle. But then you'll have supporters around you. Okay. Um, that you gain from going to the speaking events, going and talking to former party members. You can spy on the SA, steal Nazi uniforms. Um, I broke a guy out of jail, and then I had to go into hiding because they were all onto us. Um, and then certain characters are like really good at things, and some are bad. Like this one girl I have is really good at like getting information, but she always gets seen, always. So like every two or three turns, I have to send her into hiding because she gets too much heat on her. Like, it's ridiculous. I'm uh, looking at this on your profile right now. I forgot yeah. about this game. This looks interesting. So anyway, it's fun. Like, you literally don't do anything. You just kind of place your you place your talent where you want it to go to try to build up support, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you print leaflets. You spread them out. You bring leaflets with you uh, when you go speak to, to spread the message. You use a bicycle on a, on a sketchy sort of task. You'll use a bicycle so you can escape. Um, and then you'll have random events pop up where, like, you'll get seen. Or, or it'll be a situation where you could get caught. So you can flee, you can hide, or you can enforce. And I always enforce because that's just what I do. And um, the other day I accidentally, I wasn't paying attention. And the SA brown shirt showed up. And I clicked enforce, which was the wrong decision. I should have hid or ran away. So I got Giuseppe arrested because I tried to fight the SA Nazi Perfect. secret military. <laughs> The, the next turn, I sent the entire team to break him out of jail. And then the turn after that, I had to send everybody into hiding. <laughs> God almighty. But it was great. I was having a great time. So, I mean, really, you just, you just, it's just a strategy game. And, you know, you, you, when you recruit a new member, you have three people to pick from and you kind of have to pick based off of the situation you're in in time. Uh, what the newspapers are telling you, you can kind of play that by ear and kind of what's available to you on your map. So there's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's different. It's a, you know, it's, it's just interesting to me. I, I enjoy it. Sweet. I, uh, I forgot that I had told you, I think I told you about that game at one point and, uh, I had totally so. forgotten about it. So anyway, I, uh, played Battlefield 2042 this week as well. You know, I played together and I really like it, man. I know we've just been pretty much playing the new map, but that's because it's so good. I think that's a testament to, um, how good the map is and the state the game is in now. So, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a recommendation from me. I don't know if it's like a hard, like 
all in recommendation. It just kind of depends on your taste, but I definitely am enjoying the game and I think it's good. And I think if they can, again, if they can take what they've learned and, and keep it going for future seasons and they're onto something, uh, but yeah, I love it. And then I played a game called the artful escape. It's on PlayStation plus premium. It's like, um, mm-hmm. side scrolling. I don't know. The art style really caught me, caught my attention. It's like a side scrolling. It's almost like a walking simulator. I think they say it's an action platformer, but I haven't seen it yet, but I don't think I'm going to stick with it. I don't have any of the trophies in it and it it's cool, but it's not really like resonating with me. So I'm going to delete it before I accidentally pop a trophy. And then it's like on my trophy list. Like that really mm-hmm. fucking bothers me. Oh, by the way, I played, I played uncharted lost legacy. I forgot. Oh yeah. Did you play the trial? Um, no, I downloaded the, it was free. What? Oh, the lost legacy. Okay. Yeah. The lost legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, chapter yeah. Four. It's fine. Nice. Oh, it's just fine. I don't okay. enjoy the characters as much as I enjoy Drake. And that's fair. Uh, it's whatever. I don't know. I'm not really like, but I'm not really sucked into it. That's uh, that's fine. I understand that. It's not Drake. I get it. It's not Sully. Um, but I also played the trial for Motocross versus ATV Legends, MX versus ATV Legends. There's a trial for that. I played that, and it's cool. But I don't know if it's a glitch or if I. Don't know what I'm doing, but I got to a point where I couldn't shift my motorbike out of first gear. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so everybody was just blowing past me. I was like, fuck this shit, man. Fuck it. So deleted that, whatever. And then, uh, played some grid legends, which I don't know if I talked about that last week or not. Maybe I did, but played some more grid legends. Um, it is definitely like a mix between what I think is Gran Turismo or F1 and like, you know, need for speed or something like that. So it's all right. It's not bad. It's like a seven, you know, something like that. But anyway, it's kind of unremarkable. Just, just there. But I do the, like the, the rain, uh, the rain effects and the graphics and nighttime. It's, that's pretty impressive how they did that, but it's Codemaster. So, you know. Yeah. Project Cars is like the two, like the, the weather simulations and the rain on it are beautiful, but like the handling of the car and everything else is kind of like, eh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the thing, I do think that turns me off a little bit. The handling, like every time I make a turn, even if I'm like, even if my race line is green, which means I think my like my speed and trajectory are good, whatever, like my, I'm, I'm squalling tires, like no matter what. I'm like, I'm not even braking. I'm not going fast. Like I shouldn't be, I shouldn't like be fishtailing this turn. Like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'll play some more Soundfall, which is that rhythm-based uh, top-down FPS, or not FPS, but uh, top-down shooter. And uh, I discovered that you can hold the trigger down and you can fully like full auto fire your weapons, depending on the weapon you have. I thought you had to literally like press the trigger to the beat like every time, but you don't have to do that. You just have to fire on the beat and you can keep firing. So that really increased my enjoyment of the game when I realized how to play it, (laughs) even even though I had it for like a month. So anyway, I felt really like a fucking boomer. And then, like I mentioned, I played some more arcade to get in, and I love that game. I recommend that uh, full, full heartedly, wholeheartedly. So definitely check that out when it goes live this week on PlayStation Plus. The last thing that I played was more South Park: The Stick of Truth, and I, so far, again, I cannot believe how much I like this game. I there's something about it. It's just I don't know. It's charming and it's hilarious and. To be on your game of the year list. <laughs> it can't be because it came out in like 2014, but I I yeah. feel stupid for not having played it for eight years. It's funny. It's charming. The combat is cool. 
it's a unique concept. It's like literally the only way I can imagine to make a good South Park game. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's I really like it. So I'll I'll continue on with that, and then when I finish that, I'll play the the sequel as well, Fractured Butthole. <laughs> and then uh, I'm wondering if that's there. yeah, we've all been there. And then I'm wondering if the the rumored third game that allegedly has multiplayer. I'm wondering if that's one of the games that Ubisoft is going to announce at Gamescom or somewhere else this year. So we'll see. But yeah, that's all I've been playing this week. Not nearly as much as in weeks past as, you know, when we were first just settling into the new subscriptions, but still quite a bit. So that's all we've got for the show. That's all we've been playing. We'll get out of here now. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe so that we'll get delivered to you each and every Monday with a fresh new episode. Also, if you could leave us a rating or review, so some stars, some thumbs up, some hearts, like, whatever, that would be much appreciated, as well as a written review or comment if you're on YouTube. That would help us fight the algorithm, and we very much appreciate that. And of course, if you have a friend or a loved one who you think may enjoy the show, enjoy getting all of the week's PlayStation news in less than 90 minutes, as opposed to maybe three or four hours like some other shows, then please send them our way and let's take care of them. And uh, yeah, we'll get out of here. Oh, before we do that, don't forget to find us on social media as well. Twitter at the DualSense Pod, Instagram and Facebook at the DualSense Podcast. And then of course our blog, which is the DualSensePodcast.wordpress.com. So find us where you please and let's talk some PlayStation. With that, we'll get out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.